Amen, and indeed, it is good to be together. It's good to stay connected, to declare these truths to each other. I love that, uh, the lyrics in that first song, that he is with us, he is for us, and I need to hear that today. Uh, That's what Advent is about, and this next Sunday, not today, but next Sunday, is going to be the start of our Advent season. We've been talking about these Advent kits that we have because we're a little bit dispersed. We want to make sure that we're engaging in the Advent season together. And so you can sign up online, get an Advent kit. They are available today. If you are here, you can pick yours up if you reserved one, or uh, we'll be distributing them all week. So it is not too late. If you still want to get in on this, participate with us in Advent. Also, Hope and Home, we're doing this uh, uh, blessing of foster kids in our community, buying gifts for them this Christmas season. You can stop by the table if you're here or online. There's a way to connect with Amazon. I don't know how it works, but something. It'll tell you online. So click on the link in the text bulletin. Um, Now, as you know, we've been talking about our Christmas offering uh, this November, and the theme for our Christmas offering is this word mercy. If you go to pulpitrock.com slash mercy, you can read all about it. We've talked about three different projects that we have. We're going to, this Wednesday, have a special podcast talking about our third project, uh, which is going to be Tire Church and A Thousand Lighthouses and the work that they're doing in Lebanon. But I am so excited because today uh, you all get to meet someone who I just love, uh, Pastor Mohammed Yamut, who is the pastor of Tire Church in Lebanon. And he has flown all the way here uh, for a few different reasons, but we are a stop on his tour, and we are so thankful for that. Uh, I, I love Muhammad. He is a friend. He is a brother. He is a great pastor. But one of the things that's true of him is he embodies this word mercy for his community, for his country, uh, for refugees all over the Middle East. And uh, so we are so thankful to have him with us. Pastor Muhammad, would you come up? He's going to preach. He's going to share the word with us. And then we're going to talk a little bit about his ministry afterwards. So we are glad you're here. Welcome him. Thank you. Good morning. It's so good to be here with you this morning and to be able to worship and praise the Lord together in person. You know, I like that in person. I always believe that God loves corporate worship. He loves his people to come together and praise him. And uh, I'm so happy that you're all here and those who are online, I greet you and I'm so happy to be able to share the word this morning with you, uh, it's, it's something that uh, really I'm privileged uh, and it's a great honor for me to do this. Uh, I pray that uh, the Lord will speak to you this morning and not I. Uh, my desire is always uh, to be hidden and not seen. Uh, I want him to increase and me to decrease. Uh, we definitely live in hopeless times, I see hopelessness on all levels and everywhere. The world seems hopeless in front of COVID-19 epidemic. Many people groups, especially in the Middle East, seem hopeless in front of the civil wars raging in their countries. Syria, Yemen, Libya, Iraq, Afghanistan, Somalia, and lately Nagorno-Karabakh. In Lebanon, the Lebanese people are losing hope due to their corrupt leaders, economic crisis, and the Beirut explosion, and the COVID-19. And on this hint, I want to thank you very much 
because you exemplified mercy when you sent help to the people of Beirut who their homes were damaged, who were hurt and injured and lost loved ones. Uh, you're a great church. Uh, I'm so privileged that our church is partnering with your church. And this is the biblical way, churches to churches. I love that method. Uh, that is normal if we live in a world of unbelievers, for they are truly hopeless since the dawn of history. Yet how can believers in Jesus Christ be hopeless or lose hope in such times when that is all they need and have? In 1 Timothy 4.10 it says, For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Dear brethren, the Lord left us on this earth for such a time as this. When the world is losing hope, we are here to give hope. Because our hope is real, our hope is authentic, our hope is in its place, our hope gives life. In fact, in Hebrews it says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It brings me a lot of sorrow to see people hoping in presidents, administrations, in their job, in their profession, in their wisdom, in their possessions. Our hope should be in Jesus Christ and Him alone. That should never be a question. We should never waver on that. If we waver on that, our love will waver, our faith will waver. Uh, your pastor asked me a few days ago, you know, how do you do what you do? How did you come to a Hezbollah stronghold and plant a church? How do you uh, do all these ministries? Uh, how, how do you live? And, and my answer was, when the Lord saved me at the age of 14, Christ was real to me. And if he's real, then I'm going to believe everything he's going to say and everything he's going to do. Christ is not a myth. It's not something that we add to our life. Christ is our life. That's what the verse says, right? For this end we toil and strive. This is why we serve. This is why we work. This is why you give. This is why you preach the gospel. Because Christ is your hope. And let not anything else be your hope. Now the Bible says, Cursed is the man that leaneth on flesh. When David went to meet Goliath, he says, I come to meet you by the Spirit of the Lord of hosts. 
And we want to face the epidemic with God. With hope in God that he is going to change things. We're going to face a change in administration with hope. We're not going to stop. We're not going to surrender. We're not going to give in. Because we hope in Jesus Christ. Why do we hope in Jesus Christ? What is behind our hope? Why is our hope so special? This morning I want to share with you and encourage you to stick to that hope and keep on it and always say, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and righteousness. Always. I want to share a few things about our hope. First, our hope was initiated in the promise of God in the Garden of Eden. That's why it's, it's, just, it's awesome. You see, your hope is built on God's promises. And they're yes and amen. God will never disappoint you. God will always take care of you. He loves you. You are the product of his love. He created you because he loves you. And when you disobeyed, when you fell into sin, God came and says, I'm going to love you more. I'm going to send my son to die for you. And he shall crush its head. And it shall bruise his heel. That was the first promise in the redemption plan that God set before us. That's why our hope is strong. Because it is the product of a promise made by God who rules this world. You see, God is in charge. Many people are worried, this guy is leaving office and this guy is coming to office. Let me tell you who's in office. God is in office. He runs the world. Make no mistake about this. It doesn't matter who you elect. God is in office. And he runs the world. He brings in whom he wants. And he takes out whom he wants. God is in charge. And your hope is built on his promise. What a hope. It's built on the promise of God. That one day. He will bring us back. One day, He will take us to glory. This is a great promise that you can live on and build your life on. Secondly, our, prom our hope is built on the proclamation of the gospel to the globe. Yes, our promise is built on the good news. You see, one thing Jesus gave to his disciples before he ascended to heaven, what was it? Did he say, go build mega churches? No. Did he go build hospitals? No. Did he go build schools? No. He says, go into the world and preach the gospel. The gospel is central for our existence. It's central for each individual. Your life should rotate around the gospel. 
whatever you do, whatever decision you make, whatever profession you take on, it should be centered around the gospel, the good news. Yes, our hope is a great hope because it's built on good news. The good news is that Jesus came, suffered, died, and rose again for a sinner such I. I have hope. That's why Job was able to say, I know that my Redeemer liveth, and I shall stand. That's why John, the beloved, says, Come, Lord, quickly, come. Our hope is built on the good news, on the proclamation of the gospel. That's what brings hope to people. That's what brings hope to Americans. That's what will bring hope to Lebanese, Syrians, Yemenis. Everybody. Don't be go talking to them about philosophy. Positive thinking. They need the gospel. That's what they need. And we preach the gospel. Our centers in the ministry, 1000 Lighthouses, they're called Tire Center for the Gospel Proclamation and Humanitarian Aid. We are here not to feed you, nor to close you, nor to heal you. We are here to tell you about Jesus, and the rest is details. Make no mistake about this. The rest is details. God will take care of it. Our hope is strong and valid because it is based on the gospel, on the proclamation of the gospel. Our hope is strong and solid because it is based on the pains of Golgotha. You see, Jesus had to die. There is no hope that is good if it is not based on righteousness. The wrath of God had to be appeased. Justice had to be executed. Sometimes I get people, they do a mistake, and then they say, sorry. And then, okay, we're back again. Everything's fine. Say, no. No, Habibi. There are consequences. What do you mean everything's fine? You need to pay. Because Jesus paid. You know, I tell people, there's nothing called forgiveness. If Jesus did not pay. God will not forgive you if Jesus did not die. Make no mistake about this. Somebody paid the consequences for you. There were pains incurred on Golgotha. A savior was crucified. His blood was shed. And that's why your hope is solid. Because it is built on the pains of Golgotha. Because somebody paid for it. Somebody paid so that you can have hope. That's why it's, it's strong. 
That's why it's worthy. That's why we need to hope in Christ and Christ alone. Fourthly, our hope is built on the prophetless grave. He arose. He's not here. I worship a living God, a living Savior. I speak to him every day. He communes with me every day. I tell him of my sorrows and my joys. He's there with me wherever I go. He told his disciples, go into the world and I will be with you till the end of times. This is the most encouraging thing you can have, is when you go out to preach the gospel, Jesus is beside you. Jesus is with you. Sometimes people are afraid to come out to our part of the world because of the violence that is there, because the instability that is there, because uh, uh, the vol volatile situation that is there. Don't be afraid. When you come to preach the gospel, remember that Jesus is with you. And your hope is built on a profitless grave. The grave is empty. It could not keep him. Your hope is in a living Savior, not a statue, not an old raggedy man like me, in a living Savior who conquered death, who overcame the powers of death. And finally, our hope is solid and strong because it is the preeminence of glory. The preeminence of glory. We're going somewhere. Oh, we labor every day. We strive every day. We suffer every day. We sacrifice every day. We serve every day. But we're looking with eyes, open eyes, to that day when we will meet Jesus, our Savior, our lover, he who loved us. You know, I always question and ask myself, why did God have to trouble himself with us? I mean, when Adam and Eve sinned, he should have packed it. Come on, throw in the garbage, create something new. Why do you want to meddle with dirty stuff? But that wouldn't be love. Right? Love is when God said, no, I love Adam. I love Adam. You know how I know that God loves Adam? It says he came into the garden and he was saying, Adam, Adam, where are you? Wow. God Almighty is asking about us. He's saying, where are you? I want to commune with you. I want to love on you. Where are you? Adam was hiding. Oh, how many times God calls us. And he wants us to hope in him. And we are just lost somewhere in an alley of our sins. Alley of our depression. Our hope is strong and solid. Because it is built on the preeminence of the glory. This is journey, you know, this is not our home. This is just passing by. So don't invest a lot here. Invest in eternity. You know, let your heavenly bank account beef up. 
let it increase. Because the earthly bank account, you're going to leave it behind and somebody's going to come and squander it. I love you, Pulpit Rock. You are such a generous church, giving church, and you've got your priorities right. You know where to invest. This is awesome. In mercy. Mercy. We are here to be the hope of the world. How can we be the hope of the world if our hope is not solid? If our hope is not right? If our hope is not built on the promises of God? If our hope is not built on the proclamation of the good news? If our hope is not built on the pains of Golgotha? How? If our hope is not built on the profitless grave, if our hope is not built on the preeminence of the glory of Christ, how can we be, give any hope to this lost world around us? How can Tyre Church in Tyre give hope to the Shiites, to the Sunnis? How? If we don't have the right hope, and if our hope is not built on the right grounds, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And I love that verse. I mean, for to this end we toil, we work, we st and strive. We go forward because we have our hope set on the living God. It's not set on a president. It's not set on a government. It's not set on our abilities. It's not set on our education. It's not set on our possessions. It's set on Jesus Christ. Don't leave this hall this morning and don't leave this session without making sure that your hope is set on Jesus. It's built on the solid rock. Because all else will disappoint you. Sometimes people, you know, we'd be dealing, working with people, and I would be taking measures, and they say, hey, Mr. Muhammad, you don't trust us? And I say, no, Habibi, I don't trust you. I don't trust myself. Not you, myself I don't trust. You know what I trust? The promises of God. The word of God. That's what I trust. I'm a sinful man, just like anybody who's here. And I can, anytime. Therefore, I trust in God. May God help us to be the hope in a hopeless world. This world outside needs you. To give them hope. Don't be dickering with them about who's president. No. Tell them about Jesus. The hope of all mankind. And especially those who believe. Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you because you are our hope. 
may we hope in you and you alone. Help us to build our life on you and you alone. May we honor you, lift you up. You deserve every honor and every glory this morning. We thank you for how great you are. We thank you for all the blessings that you bestow on us. We thank you, Lord, because you chose us to serve you. What a privilege. What an honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah. I, we are so thankful for you, Mohammed. The you. first word I learned in Arabic was Habibi. Because you say it all the time. What does yeah. Habibi mean? Habibi, my friend. My friend. Or my but Habibi, you are our Habibi. <laughs> we are you. so thankful thank for you. You, thank you are you. our friend. I, I see this in you, that you operate in a very complex country, in a very complex region, and you could not do what you do if your hope was not firmly fixed Amen. on Jesus Christ. Amen. And, Amen. and I, I admire it. I'm learning so much from you and from Tire Church and how you all operate. Uh, the, the thing that I'm learning is you really believe it, that if Amen. Jesus is real, Amen. that he's empowered you to do this. And I've seen that lead you to be bold in proclaiming the gospel in a place where it, it, it might make others nervous. But I've also seen you do that. Uh, and it leads you to be incredibly tender, working with refugees who have lost yeah. everything, yeah. who have a, a floundering and fledgling faith in mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, and you walk with them for mm -hmm. years, helping them rebuild their life, helping them step into the hope that they have. And I, I just, I, I love that. That uh, combination of boldness and tenderness and mercy is amazing. And uh, we're thankful for it. I, I, I want us to just see a little bit of what you do, and I'm going to invite the band up to worship, but uh, while they're coming up, I want us to look at just a little bit of what Tire Church has been doing these last few years. Will you tell us a little bit about these slides? We'll go through them. Well, Tire Church uh, was established uh, close to six years ago uh, as a result of the ministry of the Lighthouse in Tire, which was established in 2009. And so today we have people, young and old, from different uh, sects, come in and worship with us and live uh, the gospel in a community that is very antagonistic towards the gospel. What's amazing, uh, you mentioned this in the podcast, which tune in Wednesday on YouTube, or you can get the audio after that. Mm -hmm. uh, there, there are regions entire, like there's a Christian region and a Shiite region and a Sunni region, and uh, you thought about, well, should I start a church in the Christian region? You said, no, I'm no, going to no. go where uh, it, the church is needed, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we need to go and be the light where people need the light. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this is the church. It's the community. Yeah. It impacts the community. And as you can see from the pictures, we are in the process of renovating uh, a hospital. Uh, we just bought it uh, in installments uh, to be able to have a children's hospital and an ER, uh, between our church premises and the borders with Israel, there is no hospital. That hospital, when it's up and running, will be serving over 200,000 people. Great impact. And mainly Shiites who are pro-Hezbollah. Uh, here comes Jesus to show them the alternative. People many times don't change because we cannot present the alternative to them. We have to present the alternative. We can't tell them you're wrong and not give them what is right. Hmm. And so uh, we have the hospital, and then you saw the farm. Uh, yeah. The farm really has come to be 
uh, an awesome and an integral part of our ministry uh, to having mercy on people uh, during the COVID-19 lockdown. Uh, I could not travel, and so God locked me in the farm, and I couldn't stay quiet or stay still. I had to do something. So we started working and expanding and buying more sheep. And uh, lo and behold, in summer, 4th of August, uh, the explosion takes place in Beirut, and uh, all our grain silos are destroyed. Uh, 90,000 tons of grain. And all our food uh, storage were destroyed. And Lebanon imports 80% of its food. It's a touristic country. It does not have real agriculture. And so the farm bloomed and we were starting to increase and we started to slaughter cows and sheep and goats and feed the people when they could not afford to buy meat. Uh, our farm produces close to uh, a thousand liters, a ton of milk every day. And we give to the people and we buy feed and we help people uh, uh, working with us. Uh, the farm now employs uh, 50 people are working on the farm and providing for their families. That's an another thing that happened in the economic crisis. People lost their jobs and we had to provide for them a job so they can take care of their people. I love then, that vision, by the way. It, it, notice he's not just doing charity work, providing food, but he's also providing jobs, sustainable income for refugees and for people who are hungry. We don't like to have pity on people. We want people to live in dignity. Treat them as we are. That's how would Jesus treat them, right? Yeah. Amen. And then we have the kitchen. Kitchen feeds every day close to 200 people. Every single day. People come with containers. We cook and they take. Every day we provide one meal to families. And they can take as much as they want. They can take for dinner too. Uh, and, and God is doing great things in the kitchen. Andrew, go through the uh, next couple slides here. Oh, yeah. So the, uh, one of the really fascinating things you do is, is there's a music school, mm -hmm. right? And it's been growing a lot yeah. in these he last couple years. He can play for us the video. You know what? I don't think, we, I, I don't think it's can? a video. It's okay. just an image. Sorry. No, okay. <laughs> no, if it's an image, okay. Uh, we have a video there. Uh, God has been using the music school in like no other way. Here are 95 refugee students who, were not they were in the music school, they're going to be in a militia carrying AK-47. I mean, what's the difference? Big difference between AK-47 and a trumpet, you know? And that's what we wanted to do. We want to give them something that is constructive, that, is, that will build their life. And through the music school, God is saving a lot. We have close now to 12 people saved through the music school that is led by our brother, uh, Jeremy Fletcher, who is from California, who has dedicated his life to come and work with children in Lebanon. And I say, Jeremy, when are you going back? He says, never. <laughs> he, he loves the ministry. He loves the children. And he's investing his life in their lives. And now also we have a great partnership with Global Orphan Project and we do uh, orphan ministry, we do orphan prevention, we do orphan care and we hope to build one day 
uh, a foster uh, uh, care uh, premises where we can host families uh, or bring in uh, parents, house parents, uh, to take care of orphan kids. Uh, and that's on the land that we own. Yeah. We also have a school project. Uh, we started with a daycare. Uh, today we have a daycare. We have K1, K2, K3. We have 75 students enrolled in the Good Shepherd School. And we hope one day to have our own school where we can impact lives. They come to the school and uh, my wife teaches them, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves me, this I know. And they go home and they sing that to their parents. And their parents, they come back. So what are you teaching our children? So, about love. This is how we get the gospel out. And then we have the camp ministry. We have K-Love and Camp Refuge in partnership with Kennecock uh, in Branson, Missouri. Uh, we had this camp for the last four years. And every summer, we host around 1,500 kids and children in that camp. Every week, we have 150, 200 children. And teams from the U.S. have been coming. Uh, uh, Brother Mark has been leading a team from CSCS to come and serve along our side and take care of these children. And then uh, the other camp, Camp Refuge, is a new camp. And we hope uh, to use it for teenagers' ministry. This is our grocery store, Blessings. So we have a farm, we have fields, and all our products come into this grocery store and people can buy them at a cheaper price from the market. Uh, the prophecy says that, but in the end, her profits will be given to the Lord. Her wealth will not be hoarded, but will provide good food and fine clothing for the Lord's priests. We also have a sewing shop. We, we missed out on that. Uh, uh, God is going to bring a revival to Tyre. As the prophecy says, he says, I will revive. After 70 years, I will revive Tyre. And I do believe that God is going to revive that city. And many are going to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we thank you for all that you do. We thank you for your partnership. We thank you for your emergency uh, answer and, and, and uh, support standing with us when things happen. And uh, I pray that this partnership will last for eternity until Jesus comes, whether I am here or somebody else or he's here or not. Those two churches will stay together yeah. because we are doing kingdom work. It's about the kingdom at the end of the day, right? Yeah. We're doing God's work. Amen. Thank Amen. you very much. And we, we want to pray for Muhammad real quick here. Uh, would you stand with me? And we want to pray for him. This is, this is what we believe. And we believe this with you, Muhammad, that the gospel, the hope of the gospel is not just about one day we'll all get to go to heaven. We will. But the hope of the gospel is about the restoration of all things. Amen. Right? Mm -hmm. And that's what we're seeing here is it's not just a, a big ministry with a lot of things happening, but it is a restorative ministry that is walking out the gospel into these communities. And we're so thankful for that. Let's pray over Muhammad. Mm -hmm. Lord, we are thankful for Tyre Church. We are thankful for this a family of God that you have placed mm -hmm. in a, a, a city that desperately needs you. Mm -hmm. We are thankful for their vision to see you do things for people, to, to see your mercy go forth. 
we're thankful for the boldness to proclaim the saving work of Jesus Christ in this community. We pray for Muhammad that you would protect him, that you would empower him, that you would enable him to reach more people for your glory, Lord. We're thankful for his faith and we ask that it would inspire us to the same sort of action, God. We give him to you. Watch over him. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you.